0: This is Ross Jones, your business coach with my weekly podcast show, Bold Business Bits, coming to you from Yorkshire. This is where I have a great conversation with a phenomenal female business boss. We share some of the bold stuff they do, lessons they've learned, adversities they've overcome and the fun they have. And then I'll be dipping into my toolkit and sharing a top tip. Business can be lonely, so make sure you join us each week and be part of our show.
1: So, hello and welcome to Bold Business Bits podcast show. This is Charles Jones, and today I'm joined by Diane Ben, the founder of High Flying Comms. Hi, Diane. Hi, nice to speak to you today. Yeah. Lovely, to, lovely to have you on here. So, thank you for joining us. So, um, Diane, just would you mind just share us how you got to be the founder of the High Flying Comms? Because I've got a feeling that business wasn't always always there. Anyway.
2: Absolutely not, no. I've always worked in uh, communications and PR and marketing since I left school at 16. And then I just was getting a bit bored, really. So I put myself through a degree and a postgraduate diploma. Um, wow. to, yeah, because I, I, just, I just thought I was really bored, to be honest, at that time. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do like a lot of people don't. And I started work when I was 16, straight out of school. About seven O levels, that was it. And I didn't want to do A levels, I just wanted to get out into the world of work, which was the best thing ever for me and my kind of personality. So, but at 27, I did a marketing degree and a business degree. And then a postgraduate diploma after that. So, yeah, and I really, really enjoyed the communications part of it because that's I love people and, and that's what I really wanted to do. So I worked in various jobs in marketing and ended up at um, Marshalls PLC, which is a large um, landscaping company. So UK's number one. And there I headed up the PR and the corporate communications side of the business as well and financial PR as well. So I was there for about five years And then unfortunately, like many of us, 2008, we had a massive recession and a financial downturn and um, they got rid of half of the marketing department, as a lot of people did at that time. So it went from 30 to 15. I was actually kept on in my role but with no staff to support me or the, or the business, really. So I decided at that point that, you know what, I think it's probably the time that I want to move on and do something of my own, really. And it was a big leap because uh, even though I was married at the time, you know, it was coming out of that corporate world, coming out of a, a very secure job as well as a salary, which was like, oh, my goodness, you know, what am I going to do if it doesn't work? So it was a bit of a leap, really. I started up as um, just Diane Bend Communications at that time. And actually, Marshalls were one of my first clients because there was nobody there to do it. So um, that was a good one. And I, I think I always tell people your contacts are everything and the people that you know. So I had lots of contacts within that industry. And a lot of my, the people that actually worked with me went on to have amazing jobs at some massive companies as well. So they got me in there. So it's all about communication at the end of the day. So that's, that's, that's how it was born and, and about 11 years ago now.
1: Fantastic. I like that, that actually you got your work through through communicating with other people that you knew. So what was it though? That's, that's an amazing journey. But what was the driver for you? Because that was quite a big thing at age 27 to go off and then develop your education. What was the driver for that?
2: I, I just basically saw where I wanted to be okay. um, quite clearly. I've always wanted to do that. I was, I was the first person in my family to go to university. No, nobody had done that before. And what got me through the dissertations and all the learning, which is a bit difficult, a bit more difficult, I would say, when you're a bit older, is the fact that I could actually visualise myself with my mum and dad in the audience, with the, cat, with the gown on and the cap, getting a degree and and there they'd have been so proud which they were so I think you know when I didn't want to do the dissertation I want to be out party at that time <laughs> that drive and, and getting forward I've always been a person who's wanted to progress um, I get bored very very easily and I, I like to see where I'm going and, and if and if that's the case I can have a plan going forward to achieve what I want to and I think that that was the main driver I would say is visualisation yeah, of, I knew where I had to. I knew I needed a degree to get on the ladder. At that time, it's it's a bit different now, but at that time, you needed a degree to even be considered for some of these jobs. And why, why communication? I've always enjoyed it. Um, I've always enjoyed communicating with people. Everybody said I'm really good at it. So. <laughs> I think sometimes you've got to listen to other people because I'm just me. You know, it's like a lot of people that I speak to and mentor myself. You're you. There's there's just something about you that that it resonates with that industry or or that career path. Like like yourself, Rose, you know, when when you're a mentor and and you're a coach and and you're driving people forward, you have to have a certain kind of personality, I think, to do that. I know a lot of people wouldn't be able to do that. and So I kind of was told that I was good at it, I think, a lot of the time. And I enjoyed it.
1: I enjoyed it. Great. And what were the the main challenges for you, apart from – being left as the only person to manage the whole of marketing at Marshalls. Did you have other challenges in in your corporate career before you decided to go it alone? Oh, absolutely, and I'm a massive advocate for women
2: <laughs> um, because in a, a very male-dominated construction world, and especially at that time, I think it is, it is changing massively now. Great, which is great, but um, I found it very, very difficult to be taken seriously in my role at Marshalls. Definitely because. I don't know that it, it was. It was very much product marketing was the thing, and the PR side of it was a sort of just, just kind of go and get on with it, you know. But it was incredibly important for the group at the time, and of course we didn't have social media a lot at that time either. So it wasn't even social media. It was the PR getting it out there, crisis management, and the corporate. PR stuff, but I found it very, very difficult as a woman to even get into. Um, I had to fight really hard to, to, to have a, a head of, of PR, a title, even. Yeah. Uh, they weren't going to give me that one. <laughs> I kind of fought my case, but you know, on the whole, I think it's changing now, which is great.
1: Yeah, so a long way to go, but yeah, it's, it is changing. Yeah. It's changed. I, I think it's changed a lot. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know personally about within the industry, but. From what i perceive about, for example, the construction industry, you know, there's just a simple thing about walking past a construction site. You know, it used to be an absolute ordeal and it's not so much these days. So things have changed for women, I guess. What about, so I love the fact that you visualise your goal. You can see yourself graduating. So do you use visualising a lot? Do you mind me asking? All all the time.
2: Yeah, all the time. I think you've got to. Know, I mean, I always say to people when I when I'm working with them as um in the business, you've got to visualize where you want to see your your business going. You know, in terms of communication, and, and it, sometimes people say, oh, "I want to get into Forbes," "I want to get into the Financial Times," I "want to get into this," I "want to get into that," and that's all about vi- they're visualizing themselves as the expert. And and I think that's incredibly important to visualize where you're going because. You know, some people find that very difficult. I, fi- I tell you what I find easy is to visualise it. I find it a bit more difficult getting there. <laughs> and, and then when I don't get there, I can I can get very very disappointed in the fact that I've I've not achieved it. Um, I'm very hard on myself, I think really, because I mean, who could have seen COVID coming last year? You know, I visualised this full order book and we were doing really really well, and then and that hit. So you, you kind of got to temper that visualization with a bit of reality I think as well.
1: Yeah and sometimes these things are sent us lessons perhaps. I know from my own experience that marketing was one of the areas that was really immediately hit when the restrictions came uh, came into force Diane so I know that I, I see it people just cutting as many costs as they could and that marketing was one of the first to go so I'm guessing that must have had a major impact on your business.
2: Yeah, it has. Um, we've seen it so many times, though. As, as soon as people get a bit itchy about the economy, they're looking at every aspect of their business where they can cut costs. And, and, and it's, it's almost like, oh, we'll keep it all in. But um, like I said to many, many people for a year now, and, and everybody in my industry as well, please don't stop communicating at the minute because people don't know that you're actually still in business. It's even that simple. They've not heard from you. And you know, there's so many people, unfortunately great businesses that have gone under in the last year and, and are still going to go under, you know, as as we go through 2021. But if you're a business that's doing well and even ticking over, you know, I, I really feel communications-wise, is you need to actually get 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 yourself and you get your name out there like like never before at the moment. Yeah. Because there there are shoots of positivity and optimism at the minute, Ros, and I think, you know, I think people just need to the bullet and just, you know, think about the marketing are always... Somebody once said to me, when you're at your busiest, get marketing and selling. Yeah. And that's the one thing that everybody puts to, to one side, isn't it? Because yeah. they're doing the doing.
1: Yeah. yeah, so. It's like that roller coach isn't it? Chasing the, chasing the business and doing the business, chasing the business and doing the business. But well, yeah, we need to be doing it consistently, don't we? Yeah, but absolutely. In terms of communic- in communications generally, because everything's changed this last year, hasn't it? You know, well, we... I would have insisted that we met in person for this, so I could use my flashy little recorder. But here we are. Next time Rose. <laughs> but communication has changed massively, hasn't it? So, what about what's your experience or your um, observations about how communications have changed uh, over this last year?
2: I've I've just been. Um looking at a, a big report from YouGov that have actually gone in great depth. It's, it's mainly US-based, but there's a UK thing in it as well. So if you want, if you want to read it, it's, it's about the state of the media at the moment, a snapshot of 2020, and it's really, really interesting. And what we found in that, in the UK market, people are still reading print magazines And they still are, because everybody thought they would just disappear. But those are still quite steady. But there's been a massive, massive uptake in social media presence and and communication, as you can imagine. But that has got to be, because it's so flooded, is the social media stuff at the moment? You really, really need to communicate your message in a way that's going to resonate and make you stand out. So, and that's why you know working with somebody that's got a creative brain in that way it can help because I think you really do need to stand out at the moment because yeah. it's every, everybody's trying to sell and they're desperate. And you but you can actually you can actually see the desperation in some of the posts and the communications that are going out.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree that it I just feel a bit desperate. I'm I'm a great, I'm a great one for LinkedIn. I think it's a great, I think it's a great platform. Just feel a bit, a bit, I've stopped posting there really because it doesn't feel, feels a bit desperate. Yeah. It's, 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 and I, I
2: always, I always say to people on LinkedIn as well. Even if you're not getting a lot of likes, and there's the a lot of people who come back to me, and there's not a lot of likes and, and and shares on some of my posts, and they say, "Oh, I really, I really got what you said on that." or why don't you like it and share it? But don't. I always say to people, don't think that people aren't looking at your content because. We all do it, I do it, and forget to like it or comment or whatever. So it's just a visualisation. You know, the biggest companies in the world have grown. Even in olden days, in 1800s, the branding, was the best people on the branding and the biggest companies got the names out there consistently. It's just the same, just consistently and got, it, got you out everywhere. It's just that we've got a great vehicle now to do it. But it's so it's so saturated now that you have to be. the the easier you can be in your business about what you do, the better, because you draw that audience to you. Otherwise, it's lost in a sea
1: a sea of social media posts. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. What about one of the things that I like to ask my guests on the show is talking about adversity, because what's a phenomenal phenomenal um, guest who? I've gone through some tough times. So do you mind me asking, is is there a time when you've experienced like um a time of adversity when it was really tough but you came out of it and for the good, if you like, something better came out of it. Do you mind if you've got something like that you'd like to share with us?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um I mean nothing you know, quite fortunate I've got a great family and, and nobody around me has, has has had any any troubles at all. A, a really great life. But what one time that I did feel like I couldn't get back up out of bed was when I, I was with a, a guy who was quite a lot older than me, but we worked in the business together. He was a chairman of quite a few companies and we were together eight years and he left me for someone else, which was just, it was literally overnight that I knew about this, but not only did I lose him and he'd been cheating as well, or whatever, I actually lost my home, my job, because I worked with him. My mum and dad worked with him as well. So they lost their jobs. (laughs) And at the time, I just had no idea what I was going to do. I really didn't. So I was, was, you know, having this fantastic life one minute and it was literally overnight. And I was back in my mum's back bedroom with literally nothing the next day. And that was a massive, I remember trying to get a job. And I went to ITV studio in in Leeds to do a temping job. And I was sat in this massive office on my own doing audio typing. And I just thought, I just walked out, actually, because I just couldn't. I just thought, well, if this is what my life has come to, I just don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) So it was a really, really, really tough time. And, And one of the things about resilience, I suppose, is... How I don't know still, I don't know how I got out, I got myself out of that. But again, it's a visual visualisation of me having a better life and not staying where I was that drove me. And and also a bit of a bit of, well, you know, I will survive mode and and, and all that. I mean we, we were we were best of friends afterwards, but it was just at the time, it was a very, very it was a life changing experience for me. You know, and everything collapsing at once, not just one thing. It was everything. So I found that very, very difficult to come back from. But you've got to find some strength from somewhere, haven't you? Because yeah. my life wasn't over and I was yeah. quite young as well. So, but
1: it, I had to adjust to everything. My life changed overnight. Well, well done, you. Because Thank you. Because it's a phenomenal business average. And so what's next then for you, Diane? What's next? <laughs>
2: Well, we've. Um, I mean, the high flying cons side of it. Of obviously, we've had to adjust massively because we were quite literally PR traditional PR type of company, really. And obviously, with the advent of social media, there's just so many companies now that just do that and really, really good at it as well. So we've had to kind of pivot a bit, as well as COVID, to uh, to to attract a certain kind of client. So. We don't really do a lot of the social media stuff because that, that market is pretty much saturated. But what we do find is that people just haven't got a strategy, a marketing comp strategy in place in the, in the first place. So I do a lot of training, mentoring, teaching, and then we do the PR side of it as well, where we do a lot of, you know, getting people into the media. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's still a, a fantastic goal for, and a vision for a lot of companies. Just to be in the local paper is a massive boost. We, we just we just got somebody, um, one of our clients last year. They do skate ramps, okay. and they build skate ramps. So, and their business has just absolutely taken off. Obviously, with people in the back gardens, built you know, yeah, the kids yeah. to have a bit of exercise. Great company, great little company. It was only hobby business to start with, and then we got them into the Telegraph and Argus, for instance. I've got them all over. but Telegraph and Argus, and somebody from Furniture One Two Three, I think it was called. Offered them a distribution deal on the back of seeing them. So it just lends the credibility to the company. Now they've, I mean, they've gone on to do uh, skateboards for ramps in the back garden of Rod Stewart. Oh, they've wow. done J- Jamie Theakston, Mark Owen, yeah. you name it. And they've just signed a deal with Amazon as well to have a marketplace and all that. So, you know, and all this, they, they sent them all the PR coverage that we. We've done with them, so I think still traditional PR is 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 relevant. Yeah. It really is, as well as the social media stuff. But that's that's how we've changed really from, you know, what we used to do to what we've done
1: now. Yeah, it's helping people stand out, isn't it? Because as my understanding of PR is that you get a, a hook for your for your business, that you? So like, so sort of what story? What are you, contrib- what are you contributing? What you know, novel thing are you doing? And I guess it takes somebody like your business to have the knowledge, the back, the experience to know what journalists are looking for to put in there. Yeah, so that's why we need to use you, I guess, really.
2: Well, <laughs> absolutely, and I think I think just just last week, uh, somebody from the Archer Post is mail. Um, he he was just he, when you when you linked in with these people, they send out uh, journalists send out. I, I want to talk to somebody about um, office. Uh, it, it, are people going to go back to the office after all this and an office space? So I used to work with um, one of my clients was um, a serviced office business. So I just sent him a note saying this might be really good for you, um, and and he's contacted the Yorkshire Post, and and hopefully he'll get a mention in there and a, and a bit of a, an opinion piece. So yeah, he still is. He still is. Um, the word is mightier than the service is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's that expertise that you know and people find really difficult and think, oh, I couldn't possibly. I have no idea how to approach a journalist. But there are, you know, it's it's getting harder and harder to to get things in the mail um, in in Watch Post and, and, and other publications. But just because they're not at work at the minute, so they're not sat at the desk at the phone. So if you haven't got their details or then you're known to them, that they, they will quite likely ignore you. Yeah. <laughs> so there is an art to it.
1: Yeah. And so, finally, Diane, what piece of advice would you would you give to so pretend I'm a um, a woman wanting to start my own business? What number one piece of advice would you give to me? My number one piece of advice
2: would be to visualize where you're going because that's got me through everything. Uh, but also, if I can have to can I have two, um, I okay. can have another one. Um, I would say, and I, this is this is something. because I have a thousand ideas a day about everything is to make sure that you've got a product that people want to buy. Yes. Because I've seen it so and I've done it myself, and I've seen it so many times that you have a great idea and you go for it and realise that nobody actually wants it. So it's all that wasted effort. So it's the visualisation of where you want to get to, but also make sure it's a product that
1: people need and want. Sound advice. Thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Yeah, it was my pleasure.
0: In our conversation, Di talked about the power of visualisation for a better life. So I thought I'd share with you a story. It's a bit like a guided meditation, so you better not drive if you're listening to this. So maybe pull your car over or stop this for now and, and continue later. I once had a discussion with a young woman who felt she was always doing things for other people. And this was okay, always helping other people, but she never seemed to have time to do things for herself. And the more she realised this, the more anxious she became. She eventually began to lose control of her life. She lacked any motivation to do new things. She was losing her freedom. One day while driving home, she decided that this life she was leading had to change. Things had to be different. She just had to do something. So she pulled over to the side of the road, got out and started walking away from her car. Eventually, she found herself standing at the edge of a beautiful field. It was a gorgeous day, just the way she would like it to be if she were on a walk. Now, this was a field of wheat bordered by a field of beautiful flowers. The wheat was gently flowing in the breeze. And cutting across the field, there was a path. It seemed like a very safe and secure path. As she began to walk along the path... She found herself relaxing more deeply, more thoroughly and more completely. She hadn't felt this good, this comfortable and this relaxed in a long time. On the other side of the field she noticed that the path just continued across the meadow. She stayed on the path, enjoying a gorgeous day. Just ahead she came to a footbridge. Now, there was a bench built into the bridge where perhaps she stopped for a moment and rested and relaxed even more completely. Beneath the bridge there was a brook. The water was crystal clear. It was quite shallow and she was able to hear the water trickling over the rocks. She said it was just so relaxing and so comfortable. She enjoyed that comfort and relaxation for a moment and then continued off the other side of the footbridge. Staying on the path. Up ahead, she noticed that there was a marvellous old building like an old castle. Along the side of the path, there was a marker that indicated that this was a historical landmark and visitors were welcome at all times. She stayed on the path now. And as she approached the old building, she saw the caretaker and the caretaker's spouse out working in the grounds. She was really impressed. The grounds were just magnificent. Everything was hedged and weeded and pruned and mulched. It was just right. All of the various flowers and plantings were beautiful. It was very obvious these were two people who took great pride in what they did and have worked very hard to accomplish a goal important to them. She even spoke to them and and acknowledged what a great job they'd done. They indicated to her that the front door to the old building, this old castle, was left propped open so that visitors could step inside and really enjoy the splendour of this magnificent, strong and sturdy structure. As she stepped inside the entranceway, she found herself standing in a light source. It wasn't direct sunlight, but simply a light source and a very special feeling comes over her body. You know, there's a point in time when we really feel good, comfortable and totally relaxed. Some people describe it as a glow, that point in our life when things seem to be going quite well and we really feel good. Well, she just allowed that special feeling to come over her body, a feeling of deep comfort and deep relaxation. As she experienced this feeling she recognised the degree to which her unconscious mind could allow her to maintain extremely high motivation, to absolutely know that she was an important person. Beginning right at that moment, she started taking time for herself. She started to do things for herself, as though she was doing them for her best friend. She did it without feeling selfish or self-centred and without feeling as though she were ne- neglecting others. She decided to take more time for herself. She was going to do things that were fun to do, for she deserved to take time out just for herself. She deserved to give herself the very best there was to give. And to that extent, each and every day, she took time to do something just for herself, something that she wanted to do. She finally decided to take time to relax and enjoy what she was doing. She still got everything done, and she learned to do it in a much more relaxed and easy manner. She had a greater appreciation for herself as a person of worth and importance. Beginning that day, she began to do, and continue to do, what for her was the best possible thing at all times, day after day, week after week. The realisation that she was doing the very best made her free. And as a result, she found increasing pleasure and happiness in all that she thought and in everything that she did. Beginning that day and each day thereafter, she gradually experienced an increasing level of confidence, courage and inner calmness that developed and grew with each new experience. She became more sure of herself, more self-confident and more pleased with herself. Now she took all of that strength, motivation and control with her. Her unconscious mind was a very powerful part of her. She took all of that with her and came back outside of the old castle. She said goodbye to the caretaker and the caretaker's spouse and began walking back down along the path, back down to the footbridge. And as she came to the footbridge, she paused for a moment, looked down into the water and she saw a reflection of herself that knew her. She saw herself right there, the way she always wanted to look and feel. She just allowed that image to be very clear and helpful to her. Because each time that she even thought about things not going well for her or not being in control of her life, that image just popped into her mind and continued to give her that added strength, control and motivation. She took that image and all of those feelings that she had with her from the old castle and came off the other side of the footbridge and began to walk back across the meadow. She was feeling so good and so comfortable and so much in control and really looking forward to getting closer and closer to her goals. And as she reached the edge of the field, she got back into her car and headed back to her home and family, knowing she was a new person and a new life was waiting for her to live. I hope you've enjoyed listening to our show today. This is Ross Jones' Bold Business Bits podcast show. Please subscribe to our show and remember to listen to the next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. This has been your Ross Jones Bold Business Bits podcast show. If you'd like any further information about anything we've discussed today, please just get in touch. Go to businesscoachingyorkshire.co.uk. Please join me again next week when I'll be speaking with another phenomenal female business boss with bold business bits. And remember to subscribe to my show. Thanks for listening.